Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Orbital Command hosts Skip Protocol to talk osmosis. Let's take a listen. GMO is Dr. Doscoin coming at you from the Orbital Command account today. We are going to be chatting with Skip Protocol over the next hour, and they're going to be talking about the proposal they put forward that has been approved on osmosis to develop their proto rev module uh, it's going to be a deep dive discussion it's going to be probably quite um high level so i'll do my best to to make sure that uh, we we make it as easy as possible and as palatable as possible for people that are not quite at the level that the guys at skipper at uh, i certainly know that every time i talk to these guys i feel a little more uh Dumb. <laughs> They're very intelligent guys. So I'm going to bring up Deebs here as my co-host today, if he wants to, because uh, he, I know, has some questions today. Deebs, and we're just waiting for the guys, Barry and Mag, from Skip to make their way as well. And then as it happens, more people will come in. Deebs, you should be up, buddy. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? Very good, my friend. Long time no speak. Yeah, yeah, inseparable. I see we got B bands in here, beast mode with the the catapult thread recently. Good stuff. Hey, like- Skips just entered the conversation. I'm gonna bring them up now. And so, what I'll do as Skip is coming up is I'll sort of set the stage here. Uh, if you haven't read the proposal that was put forward. There was plenty of engagement. There's plenty of questions that came from there. Uh, It's super in-depth. So you're best off just listening to this for now, getting the best understanding that you possibly can. And then if you want to revert, go back to this proposal afterwards and have a look over it and see in greater detail what it all means, you can do that. But for now, I'm going to bring up Skip because these are the guys that can explain it best. For some reason, it's not letting me bring them up. Bear with me. Approve. Okay. We should be in business now. And as per usual, all spaces are recorded by terraspaces.org. So feel free to check these out in the vault at a later date. Hey, guys. What's going on, Legend? Not much. How are you guys? We're good. Well, I'm good. I can certainly speak for myself here. Yeah. It's sunny in Queensland. <laughs> and uh, Deebs. Deebs is doing all right too. He's getting ready for bed. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> What's going on at uh, Skip Protocol HQ, sir? Oh, you know, a lot. Uh, <laughs> we're gearing up for a mainnet launch on Juno within uh, the next few days or a few weeks. Want to leave that uh, open for now. Hopefully, it'll be a surprise when it happens. Uh, 
So we're really close there. You know, we've been on testnet for four weeks. We have coverage now of I think more than half of the validators on testnet and we've landed more than 3000 bundles on chain on testnet basically not missed a single block have caused absolutely no problems for validators or consensus running skip like even when maybe there's a bug in our infrastructure it doesn't affect validators which is great so that's been that's been going really well we've been growing the engineering team too and super exciting we've been working on this uh module with osmosis been spending a lot of time with with dave and with sunny just uh brainstorming how to build things and uh ensuring we can actually bring it to production hopefully in the next few weeks so lots going on as always and uh super excited to dive in with you guys it's been a while since we chatted we missed y'all yeah, it has been a red hot minute, and I'm just wondering, is Mags going to be joining us too? I'm right here. Uh, hey, how you going, mate? I'm doing well. We've, um, we've got, obviously, a few things. So you said you, you're, you're going to be going on Juno soon. We've got the proposal. We've got Skip Select. We've got uh, this, you know, this MEV satellite um, that's gone out recently as well. There's a few things that we want to discuss here. Let's, let's kick it off with some easy updates around what you've been doing with uh, – yeah, the satellite, and maybe you can give us a rundown on select, and then we'll shift over into uh, the proposed on osmosis as we move forward. Sure thing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, our whole goal from the beginning has been how do we open up this space so that it is more transparent and more open for everyone, right? And that doesn't just involve sort of researchers and like, you know, validators, but also just regular users of these different chains to understand. What is MEV? Um, how much is there? What's the situation right now? What are people secretly doing? And just spreading light on that so that people can say, oh, wow, like this is what's happening, like really behind the scenes. Um, and using that as a baseline to start to create solutions. Um, you know, MEV can be a sort of shady topic that, that you know, searchers and validators maybe secretly agree to. But that's not the approach that we wanted to take. And I don't think that's the approach that's like befitting for Cosmos. Um, so satellite was our first attempt at that space saying like, look, here's the data, right? Here's how much MEV is getting captured on osmosis. You know, it's like provable on chain. It's, it's, it's done on like reliable analysis. Um, and just starting from that baseline of getting everyone on the same page to understand how big of a thing it is and how much revenue is being captured. You know, it's in the tens of millions across of Cosmos. And to start the conversation around, okay, well, what can we do with that? Um, how can we leverage that? How can how can we share that among among like the users of Cosmos so that it's not just one party that takes advantage, but you know multiple people can share. Um, and you know the the solution that we have to how we share that in an open way is a combination of things, and it depends on the chain, right? Because on app chains, you don't just have just one giant L1 where you know everything is fair game. You have independent experiences and independent product uh, roadmaps that you want to work MEV into. So on Terra 2, it might look different than, let's say, on Evmos, or it might look different than, say, say, or it might look different than Osmosis. And so we've always been sort of like wedded to this idea of um, how do we make these solutions customizable and to allow and disallow the kinds of MEV that users want, right? So. You know, we all know about like sandwiching and front running. The, the good news is we don't really have that so much on Cosmos today, but it's happening and it's going to grow. And so 
we sort of see ourselves as helping the community develop prevention mechanisms for that um, and to allow for like what we consider to be non-toxic MEV to thrive in a way that supports the network, but give validators and also give chains the toolkit to prevent the kinds that they don't want or the kinds that their users don't want. Um, and that's really the essence behind Skip Select, right? So Skip Select is a product that we announced in our building right now and we'll be launching with future mainnet deployments that allows validators to choose exactly what they want. Do they want to allow for front running? Um, do they want to prevent those kinds of things? Do the chains want to allow for those kinds of things? And for validators also to choose, okay, how much do we keep and how much do we share? And the, how we expect that to play out is validators that are community oriented, that want to prevent tox toxic forms of MEV, and want to share the revenue that they gather from that MEV with their stakers are gonna win out um, because all of those preferences are public. Uh, so you can see as a staker and say, oh, wow, this validator, you know, they're acting in the benefit of the community. They're sharing their MEV rewards. It's leading to higher APR. Um, like this is where I wanna stake my capital. Yeah, and have you found, uh, I'd be curious to know what the reception has been like so far, thus far with Skip Select and if there's been any know any objections or what any concerns voices anything uh, that you can relay on that front um so far on skip select i mean i i don't think we've had any direct concerns what we have what we did here when we were talking to a few validators early on about it sorry about that that's my computer when we did talk to a few validators early on about it what they said to us was it's really important to me that this data is publicly available. So I think people generally have really liked this idea that we're not trying to make choices for chains or validators or communities. And we're trying to give people the tools so that they can make the best version of those choices for themselves. But at the same time, what we believe is super important, and I think what all has been echoed by a lot of these validators is if you're going to make decisions and say somebody's going to allow front running and somebody else is maybe going to have higher and, and have higher rewards and somebody else is going to not allow front running and split more MEV with their stakers or something like that, then all of that needs to be public, right? That needs to be something that as a staker, I can go to a web interface somewhere and see, oh, okay, orbital command actually gives me a huge percentage of MEV and they don't allow front running. And that's something that I believe in. Um, and then people can choose to stake with with you guys for those reasons. And and talking to validators, everyone's basically said, yep, like we, we like this control, but it, we really need that transparency at the same time. Yeah. yeah, and I think that goes back to like, otherwise, why would you choose to like, as a validator, turn down more money, right? Because like front running, it takes money from the user, but it gives it to the validator. Um, and the reason why you turn it down is because you, you know, Cosmos validators have reputations and they have not just reputations on single chains, but across chain. And if they want to be, you know, a community player and they want that to be part of their story, we want to, we want to empower them to, to be able to share that, right. And to be able to, to, to sort of uh, publicize that, right. Um, so we, we hope that in the future that becomes a meaningful way that validators can differentiate themselves about how they want to approach MEV and then use Skip to encode those preferences um, to not only sort of maintain more rewards, but also to like signal to the community how they feel about these things.
Yeah, I think that's a really key thing for people to to understand is when we're talking about the solutions provided by Skip, it's not one solution and it's not a one size fits all. It's essentially customizable across you know all chains that it is working that's working with. And so, for people that are listening, who are we? Who are who's sort of a short list of chains that uh, that Skip Protocol is already working with? Yeah. Uh, so we're super excited to be, like I said, launching on Juno shortly. The community there has been very welcoming and generous. The validators have been extremely generous with their time as well, which is huge for us, especially working through some of the, the early bugs. Like, I, I mean, as you guys know, like a few months ago, we were very early. We had very little tech built and we've we've built and we've shipped really quickly. And and a huge part of that has just been being able to like ship to validators who will immediately take time out of their day to uh, take down their testnet node, bring it back up and let us know how it's working, send us logs, all that kind of shit. And that's been huge. Juno Juno community has been really helpful for that. So we're launching there first. And then in parallel, we're working with Osmosis on the module, which is totally different from how the normal product works. Um, And like I said, we're partnering super closely with Dev to actually build that out now. And then outside of those two, we're probably going to Terra 2 next. Uh, We have roots in the Terra community, and uh, it's actually one of the most sort of exciting uh, smart contract platforms for DeFi in Cosmos right now. And then after that, we're super excited about Injective and Say and uh, potentially a few other chains that have not yet uh, launched or been announced. And then we're also, you know, early in conversation with, with a few other places. But, but really, we want to be kind of like anywhere in Cosmos where people see MEV being created by DeFi activity and validators and their stakers and core devs want to try to make sure that the chain captures it. We want to kind of try to be a part of that story. Fantastic. Anything to add there, Mags? No, I I think that's right. Um, And I mean, you know, we don't really, like all of this stuff is super early, right? Cosmos is super early. A, A lot of these new chains that are launching are super early. And even the chains that have launched are super early. Like um, Terra 2 is just starting, in my opinion. Um, you know, Evmos is just starting. Uh, I think, you know, most of these chains are really just starting. And we want to be here for the long term. And to, you know, our goal is really not to like capitalize on all of this, but really to make sure that we, you know, like sort of like a rising tide raises all ships, like build in these systems early so that we don't get wrecked by like forces of MEV that can be harmful. Um, so, you know, we, we're, we, we just plan to continue to sort of like, like, like Barry was saying, like follow where this is going and help like craft the narrative and make sure that every step of the way that it's transparent. Fantastic. And so you, we've touched on uh, this proposal here, which has just passed with uh, overwhelming majority. Uh, let's, Let's deep dive into you know what it's about. What was the proposal? What's the discussion been around it? Um, what are the things that people listening that are new to hearing skip, for, you know, that are hearing skip for the first time? What are some things that they need to know about this proposal and how it may or may not affect them? Yeah. So the proposal was essentially to build with Osmosis a upgrade to the chain that would allow for the Osmosis community to recapture MEV. Now, it's kind of the first type of 
thing, like it's kind of a first of its kind in some ways. So it looks very different than any other MEV, you know, capture solution that we've seen. It's it's totally different than let's say Flashbots or you know Gito or um, you know Manifold or anything like that because it's fully on chain. There's no parts of it that involve off chain computation, and therefore it's completely viable or or sorry, it's completely um, verifiable. And it's also, um, you know, completely transparent, like it's going to be open source and you can see exactly how it works. And even though it's, it's fully on chain, it's also, I would say, a very osmosis specific thing. Um, and, and, it, and it's also like kind of the kinds of things you can do when you have a very specific app chain. So because osmosis only has a DEX, right, and all you can do on osmosis is swap, um, the MEV space is very limited. It basically consists of the ability to uh, backrun transactions and to uh, basically like capture arbitrage opportunities. This was already happening as we showed in satellite. So if you go to satellite.skip.money, you'll see that over you know since the beginning of Osmosis, at current prices of Osmo, it used to be you know ten bucks. Um, like the, the there's been roughly six point eight million dollars of MEV captured on Osmosis via this method. And so our thought was. Okay, like it's very simple what's going on here. We can really just build this into the processing of a transaction so that that revenue can be sent back to the community pool and shared among the different people uh, who should be, you know, basically receiving that revenue. So we're sort of doing the job as Skip of building in like a premier searching um, or premier MEV capture mechanism into Osmosis and then having the community share in the rewards. Uh, we haven't voted on sort of how those rewards are going to get split, but we imagine it will be between validators, users, stakers, uh, and liquidity providers, and then also something, of course, for Skip to continue building. Um, but it doesn't involve any off-chain components. And the question that we've received a lot is, okay, like, why aren't you building the version of Skip that you're deploying on Juno and the future Terra 2 on Osmosis? And the answer to that was when we chatted to Sunny and Dave, they really didn't want um, off-chain solutions because they wanted to make sure that all of this was kept you know, verifiable on-chain and that also uh, there wouldn't be any kind of like formation of what they were worried about, fee cartels between validators that would restrict the development of future things like uh, threshold encryption, et cetera, which is vulnerable to like a one-third or two-thirds attack. Um, so that was really the reason why we built this like custom um, arbitrage capture mechanism within Osmosis. And for anyone that is still wondering uh, what that meant in the middle there around the $6.8 million that is verifiable on satellite.skip.money that has been extracted over uh, the last, what is it, six months or so? Oh, a bit longer, actually. Oh, well, we're talking since January, June 2021. But that that MEV that's been captured has traditionally gone to a handful of searches, just a handful of uh, people, effectively. And so what's happening here is this MEV will be uh, effectively caught and then redistributed back to the community via um, the pools. So let's talk about liquidity incentives. Let's talk about um, some of the mechanics there and the ins and outs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's one... First of all, high level question that hasn't been decided related to the module. So like the whole point of the module is to take a look at all the different kinds of ways that uh, MEV exists and can be observed just 
by looking at the state that exists on osmosis. So, you know, we're starting with arbitrage, which is relatively simple, right? So you have two pools, say a Juno Osmo pool, say you have two different Juno Osmo pools that initially have the same price, and then some whale comes along and executes a huge trade on one of them. And they buy a bunch of Juno on one of them. So that makes the price of, of Juno on, on that one pool very expensive and the price on, of Juno on the other pool relatively cheap. So what the module does is after every transaction, it looks at a bunch of pools and it looks for these kinds of price imbalances. And then it executes a trade to capture uh, revenue from that price imbalance by balancing out those prices. Uh, which is good for the market stability, and then can also make money risklessly, right? So what the module effectively does is it buys uh, Juno on the, the cheap Juno pool and then sells it on the high Juno pool. And also kind of cool, it does that by flash minting and flash burning tokens, which is something you can only do on app chains. And then the question becomes kind of, where does that revenue go? So that hasn't been decided by our proposal. There's a lot of different cool things that Osmosis could do with it. You could say, give it back to the person who actually executed that trade, uh, who created that opportunity in the first place, because we can track that. We know which transaction triggered it. So maybe you're someone who trades a bunch of uh, Osmo or Juno or, or Atom at one time on Osmosis, and then uh, because of this module, after you execute a large trade, you'll get like a rebate uh, in, in the same token that you used before. Or potentially it could go back to the community pool, or it could be used to subsidize gas for a bunch of other users, or it could be used for something totally different. And that's where we're starting, like I said. And then we're going to be adding other forms of MEV capture to it too, as well. Loan liquidations, um, in in protocol block space auctions for top of block execution, or like the right to execute against a particular pool first, which is something that searchers will pay for as well. And then for each of those kinds of MEV, there's going to be this question of how do we, how do we distribute that money? You know, who do we give it to? And just kind of as, as has been the theme of this conversation, we don't think that's for us to decide and like we want to leave that to governance. So for now, like if we deployed today, that that money would mostly just be sitting in the module waiting for Osmosis to, to vote and decide where it goes. Fantastic. I can see Deeps has his hand up here. Brother. Yeah, yeah. I um I, I thought it was great what you said, especially diving into the rewards. But right before you said that, I, I think I thought you brought up something pretty key about being able to do flash minting and burning and and I've heard you all bring this up in the past. Um, can you explain like, you know, that being able to do that, like why that makes you different than an independent searcher? Yeah, it, 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 it essentially is like you're, you're, um, you're making money out of thin air. Um, there's no, we don't have to use any liquidity from anyone. So for example, let's say there's like a large swap and then to execute the arbitrage transaction, let's say we need 10,000 Osmo. What we would do is we would mint 10,000 Osmo, um, you know, from, from, from nothingness, use that to execute the arbitrage, burn 10,000 Osmo. So at the end of the trade, there's no, you know, there's no new Osmo in existence. And then at the end of it, you might have, let's say, two to 300 Osmo as profit. And then that goes back to the community. Um, 
because you were you were able to execute like an atomic arbitrage, and and that's really like the beauty of like true arbitrage, right? It's like uh, they call it, in, in the finance world they call it free lunch, right? Because there, you didn't require anything to put into it, and then what comes out of it is just net positive. So it's kind of super cool in blockchain. That's obviously not possible in traditional financial markets. You can't just like mint dollars and then execute an arbitrage and then burn the dollars. Um, but on, on blockchain, you can, especially when you have an in-protocol solution. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. And, and that's why I really wanted you all to highlight that it makes you different because it, it's almost like y'all are um, taking a flash loan. You can think of it a little bit as like an example mm-hmm. like that. And um, yeah, no, no, you know, these searchers cannot do that. So it's, it's definitely an advantage that I think y'all have is this module. Yeah, totally. And although I think, I think flash, flash loans should come to crypto um, or should come to the cosmos, um, this is like a great way to do it in the meantime. But it only works under very specific circumstances, which this one falls under. And the other cool thing, just quickly, is we can flash mint not just Osmo, which is the native token of Osmosis, of course, but we can flash mint any asset, right? Because we can flash mint Atom, we can flash mint um, Chihuahua, we can flash mint Evmos. And the reason we can do that is because with IBC, um, whenever you send an IBC transaction from one chain to another, that creates a native version of that token on that chain that's like IBC slash Atom. And then the the protocol has full rights to mint that token. Um, It doesn't ever, right? Because otherwise you would, you know, have like Atom inflation on osmosis, which is obviously not allowed. But uh, within the the confines of a single block, a a single transaction, if you mint and burn it, it's it's totally fair game. Super cool. That's, um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around the actual minting process and how that is making, like how that's actually happening. How, how is that? Just so that I can really wrap my small brain around that. How are you doing that specifically? Like, how are you minting the new token to to then burn it? Yeah, definitely not a small brain question. Uh, it it does kind of just seem like like magic. Uh, the way the way it works is so our module uh, is a privileged execution environment, right? It runs just like the GAM module does in osmosis or uh, any of the other modules on chain. So it has access to a lot of different stuff. And one of the things it has access to is the bank module. And on a Cosmos app chain, all of the tokens from the perspective of the chain are native tokens, right? Because either they were created there or they were bridged over IBC and then as a result, they were reminted there. So the bank module has the authority to mint and burn any kind of token. And so what our module does is first, like I said, we look at all the pools, we look for these kinds of price imbalances. We find one or we find a set and then we say, okay, how how much Juno or how much Osmo or how much uh, Atom do we want to send through this, uh, send through this route of pools to balance the prices and, and to capture some profit? Like what's the optimal amount? Uh, too little, we won't capture the whole uh, opportunity. Too much, we'll get a worse price, and we'll end up making less profit for the community. So we do some we do some optimization math there to figure that out, and then we have that number. You know, say it's like a hundred atom or a hundred osmo, and then we call out to the bank module and we say, okay, mint me a hundred osmo, 
just mint it right now into the account that is controlled by the ProtoRev module. And then after that's been done, we uh, immediately execute that trade against each of the pools with that amount of money. And in the end, uh, you know, assuming the module does the math correctly, and it does, and it's been thoroughly tested, you end up with some amount more of Atom or Osmo, right? Maybe it's 110 or it's 120. And then we subtract off what we minted. We call bank burn those tokens, and then we send the rest to the community. Does that? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I I feel like that makes it a little bit clearer for me. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, So that's, I mean, that, that, that's really all it is. And it's not like, it's just, it gets back to, these are the kinds of things you can do when you have an app chain that's hard to do in other contexts. And I do also want to emphasize, this is something that's coming to osmosis more generally. Uh, flash loans effectively will be made available to uh, to searchers, to normal traders, to anyone else interacting with the protocol uh, once they once they're able to ship some more features. We're able to start with it before it's publicly available because we're executing from a module as opposed to outside where there are maybe more attack vectors. Like for us, it's like, okay, you can look at the code, you can inspect it, you can formally verify it. Uh, But if we opened it up in an unconstrained way right now, that could be potentially risky, but that's a feature that's going to come to more folks to build more interesting protocols on top of it, not just us. Got it. I want to just put out a quick uh, call to anyone who's listening that would like to ask any questions. If you're listening to this conversation, you have some curiosity, uh, some concerns, some anything that you want to communicate and uh, let the guys at Skip know, definitely you are most welcome to come up and ask those questions. In the meantime, while we're waiting for anyone to jump up with something, I'm just curious to know the Proto-Rev module, does that actually stand for anything in particular, Proto-Rev, or is that just a cool name that you gave it? Protocol of Revenant. It is so obvious. <laughs> we were we were like going back and forth on names and then we were like well we don't want to call it like mev something because like there's going to be other ways it makes money in the future but like we kept coming back to this idea of the whole thing is about making money so for the protocol so let's just call it that yeah that's its own it should be judged <laughs> only on how much money it makes for the protocol and in the future we hope like other chains will adopt a proto rev module um with their own sort of kinds of like recapture mechanisms. Yeah, I just, I'm looking, it's funny because I'm looking, I've got it literally on my computer in front of me that says very clearly capturing MEV as protocol revenue on chain and yet I just didn't make the connection. Um, we didn't make it obvious. <laughs> I love it. So I think Dees might have something to say there. I saw his little light flickering on. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, since we brought um, ProtoRev, um, if, if we don't have someone that's coming up to ask a question, something we could talk about in the meantime is I, I know that there's like two versions that y'all are rolling this out, like in two different versions. And I was wondering if you could um, talk about those a little bit, like generally speak on like kind of the roadmap, I guess you could say. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think the, the, the right way of categorizing them is specific versus general. Protorev is a very specific solution. Um, it is built to capture very um, cordoned off, uh, straightforward opportunities. Whereas, you know, the skip auction and skip select is designed to capture anything, 
any kind of opportunity that's possible. And so for chains that have, you know, a ton of different smart contracts, um, like liquidation protocols, uh, you know, like, like different kinds of DeFi applications, you can't really create a specific solution because you'd have to go through maybe every contract and find out sort of how you could capture MEV in that situation. Um, and so for, for those solutions, we have the generalized auction. Uh, we have put, I would say, equal amounts of effort into both and are, are roughly shipping both on a similar time frame. But the generalized solution, just because it works with, it's so extensible and can go anywhere. We've put, um, you know, we, we've, we've sort of prioritized a little bit more. Um, and that's going to be shipping on Juno, that's going to be shipping on Terra, that's going to be shipping on Evmos, um, and then other chains that we're chatting to as well. Um, and that, that solution really requires sort of like individual validators updating their validator, it takes about five to 10 minutes, uh, and, then, and then it's good to go. And then they can, those validators can start sharing and capturing those MEV rewards. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, is, is that sufficient, or would you continue? Would you like to continue? No, that that's that's pretty much everything. I mean, I can go more into sort of like the general solution and the auction if it's if it's helpful. Yeah, look, yeah. I think like I think that's more. always worth. It. For sure. Um, so yeah, so the, the the general idea is if you don't have a specific idea of how to capture MEV then you want to distribute that complexity to a bunch of other people who might, right? So we call this group of people who can, you know, search the blockchain every day and then look at like byte codes and find really specific situations um, to capture MEV searchers. So these searchers are, you know, there's many of them, there's many teams, you know, usually they operate, on, uh, you know, anonymously. And their sole goal, you can count on them as their sole goal being to extract as much profit as possible. So when you have people um, who want to extract as much profit as possible to prevent them from doing dangerous things, uh, you have to give guardrails, right? So you can say, okay, well, like you can do this and you can extract profit in this way, but maybe this is not allowed because, you know, this would harm other people. And so that's sort of like a big difference between Skip and other MEV protocols is we believe in guardrails. We don't believe in our own guardrails and our own opinions, but we believe in allowing for validators and, and chains to implement their own guardrails for what they want, right? Um, so to that end, uh, Skip out of the box in its auction has front run and sandwich protection. So there will no, there'll be no sandwiching or front running ever running through Skip. Um, and we, are not, we, we don't have that now and we don't plan to have that be the new baseline for Cosmos going forward. Uh, but it relies upon validators um, opting into that and saying, yes, we agree with that vision and we don't want this for our users. And so we're going to have this on our own validator. Uh, but anyway, d d d regardless of sort of like whether you have front running protection or whether you don't, what it allows you to do is basically searchers who want to capture profit will find these individual opportunities and then submit uh, basically bids to capture those opportunities to the validator. And the validator will say, okay, uh, you want to capture this opportunity, but so does six other people. Who's going to pay the highest to capture this? And then once the highest you know, bidder is selected, then that's the one that goes on chain. Um, and then what happens to those bids? Those bids get split completely between the validator and their stakers. Um, and that's how you sort of like can aggregate the complexity and the individual, uh, you know, the individual um, 
sort of power of the validators of, of the searchers uh, to sort of benefit the entire ecosystem. That's how you share the the revenue from from what they're doing with the rest of the ecosystem. When you uh, just a quick question, when you say like places the highest bid, are you referring to gas fees, like the way you know it's traditionally like ordered, or are you saying something else? I'm saying something else. Uh, I'm saying that the bids that we have are direct payments to the validator, um, or or not to the validator, but the dirt, like the, the willingness to pay in general. And then that payment is split according to the validators preferences between them and their stakers. So let's say I'm a searcher and I want to capture a certain arbitrage and I'm willing to pay, you know, a thousand dollars to capture that. And then another searcher comes in and says, well, I also want to capture that arbitrage and it's bigger than a thousand dollars. So I'll pay $2,000. And let's say that searcher wins, then that payment would be split. However, the validator chooses between them and their stakers. So if they choose to keep 20% of it, then 80% will get paid out to their stakers. If they choose to keep 80% of it, then 20% will get paid out. Okay. Yeah, I, I see. Because in my head, I was getting them confused. So kind of that bid is completely separate than whatever you know, asset they're using to make the swap. The, the bid is just to pay the validators you know, if your bid gets picked up, correct? Exactly. Yeah. The, the bid is sort of how you win the auction. So everyone's competing for the same opportunities and then they're incentivized to slowly increase or hopefully rapidly increase their bids to the point that you expect that, let's say, a to from all the different transactions, there's a total of, let's say, $1,000 captured in MEV. Then you'd expect the bids to be roughly you know, $900 to $950 because it's competitive. Wow. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, just wanted to jump in here real quick. How's it going, Skip, guys? Hey, Zion. Um, so I just had a quick question, actually adding on to that uh, point that Deeps was just making there. So how do you guys see the uh, rewards? Like, how do you guys see kind of the evolution that's going to occur when these markets launch on these different chains with the off-chain auction where validators get to decide how much of their rewards are given back to stakers. Like, do you guys have any thoughts on, you know, how you think validators are going to decide to look at those rewards and what we'll see? Because, you know, one way to think about it may be people might think, oh, well, this is going to be like a race to the bottom in terms of validators giving 100% of the fees back, similar to what they'll do with commission, where you'll see, you know, validators use 0% commission to incentivize stakers. Do you guys see something similar happening with the MEV? So a couple thoughts on that. Um, I imagine there'll be a range of preferences, right? I imagine there's definitely going to be, you know, like MEV 0% validator, like we give everything back to the community, that kind of thing. And, you know, that might pick up steam. Um, but my sense is you can work around these in two ways. The first one is I think MEV payments are treated maybe a little bit differently than, let's say, commission. Um, because, you know, this is like net new revenue um, that, you know, the validator is capturing by implementing a new protocol. And my sense is there should be a baseline that's higher than 0%. My sense is the baseline should be at least 20% for what validators should keep. And although we can't sort of like individually force validators to make that decision, um, nor, nor would we want to, I do think there's room here for governance to say like, okay, like validators on our chain are struggling. 
let's make sure we have like a baseline for them to keep like 30% or 40% or 20% of MEV and share the rest. And, you know, we've gone through governance before. We plan for it to be a big part of our roadmap um, to make sure everything's transparent and everyone's on the same page. And also like that's sort of like a critical difference between, I would say, Cosmos app chains and other chains is, uh, you know, you can use governance to set baselines for things and set like broad levels of user experience. So, for example, you could do a governance vote on whether you want an ecosystem wide ban on front running or an ecosystem wide ban on sandwiching or, you know, like I said before, it's sort of an ecosystem wide decision to give either stakers or validators specific minimums that they have to share so that they can operate within bounds that are more fair um, and don't sort of like result in like race to the bottom. Got it. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think, you know, Cosmos definitely has, I think, pretty solid governance process when it comes to uh, implementing these sorts of things. I mean, you see like a minimum commission rate, for instance, as an example, across some different chains in the Cosmos ecosystem. Obviously, commission isn't the same thing as uh, MEV, as it's, like you said, it's a new revenue stream. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and kind of what validators end up doing. But more importantly, like what chain uh, the chain's governance ends up deciding when it comes to MEV, and I'm sure it'll vary across different chains. Yeah, for sure. I think it will vary a lot. Um, I've already sort of already talking to different chains. They feel very differently, right? I'd say the mo most of them sort of agree that there's like bad forms of MEV that they want to prevent. Some don't. Some some are like it's all fair game. Um, and although like you know. I feel sorry for the people who are going to get sandwiched on those chains. You know, that's, that's their decision. And luckily we have the choice to sort of choose where to, where to bring our activity as, as users on Cosmos. Absolutely. I'm just thinking regarding the proto, proto rev module itself, you were saying it's very specific. Would it work on, you know, is it the sort of thing that would work for say, say network? Uh, it would not. So the, the reason it probably would not work for say is, um, First of all, anything that increases, say, block times is sort of off the table, right? So in our partnership with Say, we have to adhere to very strict block time requirements. And they're tiny, right? Like we're talking 600 milliseconds, so less than a second per block. Um, so in that situation, with Say, since they, they, they plan to launch a, you know, I'm not, I think like 30 plus independent sort of DeFi protocols, um, it wouldn't be possible to sort of bound all of their MEV within one on-chain type module. Instead, they've opted for the, the off-chain, more generalized solution. So that's what we're going to be building with them. And the challenge there will be, how do we make this thing super fast so that users can submit, get sorted, get all the full simulation and privacy that Skip offers within, let's say, 300 milliseconds, and then transfer those transactions to the right, right validator so that they actually make it on-chain. And how do you do that? What's what's ne what's needed to happen to, to, <laughs> to actually do that? A lot of a lot of optimization. Um, so, like when you think about so to get technical for a second, um, what, what, to to think about sort of like the different time constraints. The first thing is, let's say you're on block hundred, right? And someone submits a transaction that opens up an arbitrage opportunity. If I'm a searcher, I need to grab that transaction and then I need to put a transaction after it since say doesn't want front running, so it couldn't be before. Um, and then submit it to skip and then have skip send it to the next proposer in time for the next block, right? 
So the first question is, when does that mempool transaction appear? If it, if it appears towards the end of the block, you might, you might just not have enough time to actually get it into the auction. If it appears towards the beginning, then your bot needs to be fast enough to grab it and then resubmit to skip. So maybe that takes, since you're like, a, you know, like an ultimate searcher or maybe you're some very advanced programmer, maybe that takes like 50 milliseconds. Um, and, then once it, and then once you submit it to skip, it actually has to get to skip. So there's like network latency there. Maybe that takes another 50 milliseconds. So now we're up to 100. Um, and then after that, Skip has to do a full set of simulation and bundle packing and all the other things that Skip does. Maybe that takes, since we're goaded engineers, hopefully, um, like 100 milliseconds. So now you're up to 200. And then finally, you have to get it to the right validator, right? And that might require going all the way to South Korea, or it might require just going locally. Um, and if it's in the case of like a local transmission, maybe it takes 50 milliseconds. If it's South Korea, it takes 200. Um, so basically, we have to be very careful about how all those times add up so that we don't miss. And then also we, you know, get as, get, make the auction as competitive as possible by having it be open long enough, as long as possible. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, the fact that that can happen over such a, such a great distance over such a short time is just mind-blowing to me. But what it's highlighting is it's like, to anyone that's listening, you could go the route of trying to become a, a highly adept programmer and you know be an independent searcher and try and do all this stuff yourself or you could just delegate to a validator that is a skip protocol partner that has good uh, incentives in place or good um good rewards in place for you as a delegator that's right and i would say to add on to that um we don't plan to search ourselves right we we're running this infrastructure but we do want other people to and so what we're working on right now and it's it's a little bit under wraps is we're going to be releasing a host of open source bots that anyone can run that uses everything you know as it should be and are fast so that you can actually compete and you know be involved in the launch of skip and, and become a searcher with very you know low uh, uplift in terms of learning these processes because what we've learned is searchers don't share information with other searchers right they keep all this stuff private because they don't want to leak alpha but we're very incentivized to leak all the alpha so for so for what we see and what we know to be profitable, we'll make we'll make open source and sort of ability for anyone to to run these on, on their own, on their own machines and participate. You guys are like the Robin Hood of and not the conventional Robin Hood of uh, like the the company, but Robin Hood from the story of uh, MEV. It seems. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think like our thinking is. Like the community is just the ones who create the opportunities. So also, if they're going to be captured, part of it should just go back to the community. You know, like it doesn't seem that crazy. Dean, yeah. talk to me. Yeah, I wanted to. I, I felt like we really explored well, and I, I thought it was great, like learning more about like the skip auction general side. But like going back to the ProtoRev module, which I know is like, um, like highly specific to osmosis. Can you, can you walk us through that a little bit? Um, I'm particularly interested in like, because Skip is so involved in that module, like how do the funds flow when you don't actually have people, you know, bidding on it and then the rewards coming from that? Um, I know we kind of talked about the minting and burning, but if you can walk us through it a bit, I think it might be helpful. Yeah. Um, 
So maybe, maybe like a quick explanation of, of how it works in a little detail will be helpful. But if it gets too technical or it's not quite what you were looking for, please feel free to stop me. Um, so, you know, the, the initial state of, of the osmosis pools that you can imagine is that they're all perfectly balanced, right? So every, uh, every Osmo-Juno pool has the exact same ratio of Osmo and Juno so that there's no way I can like buy on one and sell on the other to make money. And that that's true also for uh, more complex sets of assets and longer paths of pools too. So, you know, like there's a, a Juno Osmo pool and then an Osmo Atom pool and then an, an Atom Juno pool. And that like, there's no way I can trade across all three of those to like start in Juno and end in Juno or start in Osmo and end in Osmo um, and, and make money by rebalancing them, right? Because their implicit prices of all of the different assets are, are the same. Uh, and like the math to calculate that gets a, gets a little wacky, but it's all just like, it's just like nested multiplication. Um, but you, you could do it out. And so we're, we're kind of imagining like when we start, that's true for all the pools. It's definitely not true, but like, you know, you could imagine that it is. Um, and then somebody trades on one of them, right? So very simple case. Zion comes along and, and buys, you know, 10,000 Osmo because he's super bullish and he like buys it in Axel USDC or something because he, he's not bullish on the US. I don't know. Right. So Zion comes along, buys a ton of fucking Osmo. And then now all of those prices that were balanced before are out of whack. Right. The, the Osmo uh, is really, really uh, expensive because Zion just bought a ton of it incurred some slippage, pushed the price up, right? Um, and so if we're looking at that, let's say we have um, we have this uh, USDC Osmo pool, and then we have a another, just to keep it very simple, USDC Osmo pool. Now, again, in practice, what, what the ProtoRep module actually does is it looks at longer paths, but rather than get into all of that, let's just assume we have two pools, like a two pool path. Um, and that price is the same as it was before. So uh, there, Osmo looks cheap. And on the other pool, Osmo looks expensive. So what does the ProtoRev module do? Well, it's going to um, mint some Osmo and use that, or excuse me, it's going to mint some Axle USD. And it's going to use that Axle USD to buy Osmo on the on the pool where it's cheaper, and then it's going to sell that same amount after fees on the pool where it's more expensive. So that's going to leave us with some Axel USDC left over. So you're going to have whatever we minted plus some profit there from doing that trade. Um, and and those trades they work the exact same way as a normal transaction does in Osmosis. So you know the DLP providers take their fee. Uh, gas gets paid out in the normal way. All of that's the same. And then at the end of that, that money is is sitting in an account that's controlled by the module, which can only be uh, directed to different locations or, or spent uh, through governance proposals, basically. So 
hopefully what will happen at some point is, is somebody else, maybe Skip, maybe someone else, probably someone else is going to like come to Osmosis and say, hey, like, let's take all of the money that we've made doing MEV and like, let's give it to the community pool or let's like give it back to the LPs for the pools that are being armed or let's give it to the people whose transactions are creating the arms. Like maybe give Zion a rebate for that big trade. Um, whatever it may be. The moment it just sits there. I don't know if that was helpful or if that was too much detail. Um, but I think, you know, the, the basic way to think about it is when you have a DEX, you have a bunch of, of prices that are easy to see. And those are just like the ones that are on a pool, right? Like I, I go to a specific pool, I can see how expensive Osmo is on that pool in terms of the other asset or vice versa. And then you have a bunch of prices that are like not obvious, which are a result of like trading between a bunch of different assets. So starting in like the Osmo Juno pool, going to the Juno USDC from there to like, you know, uh, from there to USDC Adam, like all these complex things. And like, those are still prices because like that, what that means is like, I can start with some uh, Juno and I can end with some, some Adam, even if that pool doesn't exist, or even if like the direct pool there has a different price. Um, and so the proto-rev module is all about like finding those like invisible prices kind of, and this is what arbitragers are doing, finding those invisible prices and like making sure they match the visible ones kind of, um, and then making money by way of, of doing that balancing work. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, th thank you. I think that was a great explanation and, and no, I, I don't think it was overly detailed. Um, I, I think part of the reason I asked you was I was a little confused. So is, um, and I think you answered it like skip select with the kind of the customization that applies pretty much mainly to the auction side, correct? Because, you know, you're saying with the proto rev governance yep. has to be established. Okay, that's right. Okay. Yeah, for the osmosis module, there's no uh, that like there's no govern or excuse me, there there's no like validator choice or buy-in or anything. It's just like it's going to be shipped out with the chain. So uh, the same way, like you you as a validator don't get to choose like what the um, like like what the the fee is on the Osmo Atom pool. You won't get to you as a validator won't get to choose you know, where money goes from Proto Rev because that's up. It becomes just like a part of consensus. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that. Now to Dave, and did you catch just making sure, Dave's, uh the bit of was just to confirm was that alpha before about the um the open source bots was that the first time that we've spoken about this i'm pretty sure that's the first time yeah that's going to be a announcement over the next uh couple weeks if you want the alpha you have to come to the oc alpha hour everyone knows this i think it's going to be a because the the bots are going to be very profitable in the beginning likely and then, of course, as more people run them, will become less profitable. So the first ones to get them up and running, I think, will we'll have a good time. So can you talk a bit about that? Like, what is, what is it going to be? What, what is it going to look like in terms of requirements for people to get these things up and running when you launch them? Like, out of the box, what do people do? If there's people in here right now that want to take advantage of this alpha when the news drops, how do they do that? Yeah, so um, yeah, just to, just to reiterate, we do plan on open sourcing all the bots uh, that could capture MEV because we don't plan to search ourselves, but instead give that power to the community. 
um, and make it really easy for people to participate in the marketplace to make it more open and decentralized. Um, and in order to run those, they'll be sort of like plug and play. So, you know, if you have some basic understanding of JavaScript or Python or Rust or Go, um, I guess there's no such thing as a basic understanding of Rust. But if you do have that, um, I guess it would work as well. Uh, then you could just probably spin these up and, um, you know, they should be pre-configurable or easily configurable at least so that, you know, you can start tweaking. And then we hope that's basically like the jumping off point for A, you know, people interested in trading, interested in MEV to learn more about how it works and more about how Skip works. And B, you know, to basically make this ecosystem more decentralized, right? And, and have more people starting to, you know, have like a baseline and, and giving them that activation energy back to like learning these things so that they can start to iterate and actually maybe become, you know, better searchers and start to understand these things in general. Um, in general, like our, our model is educate, transparency, open source. Um, and I think through that, you know, Skip will end up hopefully being a long-term player in this ecosystem because people actually like us versus are afraid of us or, you know, don't want us. Uh, and I think like the protocols that last the longest in crypto are, have, have those qualities. And so we want to we want to keep that on on all parts of it. I think that's the, those are amazing principles to abide by just as an organization. But in addition to that, like what you're doing with open sourcing these bots, I think it's going to be a very efficacious way to get buy-in from the community on all these different chains that you guys are trying to go on that may not be familiar with MEV. Like you said, you know, if you're you know open sourcing these bots and allowing them to play around with things and get started, you know, searching for different opportunities that, you know, like once people start to use things, like it's just easier for them to, it makes it more tangible in their minds, right? They're able to see how this comes together and why skip may be better in terms of a solution for MEV versus other things out there. Right. Cause MEV is not going anywhere. Right. MEV is, this is, this exists on every chain, right? It's just a matter of how you're going to go about, you know, taking advantage of it essentially. So yeah, I think this is, this is a great idea. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we certainly hope so. Um, and like the thing that we think is so exciting about MEV just in general is like what it's really doing is uh, capturing like the fundamental value that is created on chains just as a consequence of them being used for trading, right? Like all of this osmosis arbitrage stuff, like it's quite complicated, but it's also just a natural consequence of the fact that people are trading on pools in osmosis. And uh, when we add in block auctions to osmosis as well, like those can create revenue just as a consequence of the fact that there are some traders who are going to be willing to pay to be at the top of the block. And then Skip's whole premise is that any kind of revenue that can be created in that way, just as a consequence of community activity on a chain, should go back to the community that's creating it. Um, and, and everything we do is downstream from that goal. That was a great way of basically wrapping up this entire conversation. So I feel like this has been a really great journey. There's been some really high level stuff. And as I said at the start of the call, I always feel dumb. I want to talk to you guys. Um, so there's some high level stuff. We distilled some of it to make it a bit simpler. And at the end there, we've, we've revealed a little bit of alpha and also talked about the ethos, the general ethos of um, 
of Skip Protocol. So, you know, I just want to say thank you guys for jumping on again and having this conversation and, and keeping us updated with what you're working on. It's all very exciting. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, watching this all play out in real time. And, um, yeah, I just want to say thanks for your time, energy, and expertise. Yeah. Yeah, super. I mean, this is super fun for us. So we, we always love coming back and, and, and talking to you guys. Uh, it's a great group. Yeah, I can definitely hear, what, particularly when we get on the higher level stuff, I can hear the excitement start to creep in, in the voice. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. We, we want people that are passionate about their projects. And, and speaking of projects, we've got some more coming up. So if you're uh, wondering what Twitter spaces are on the horizon for OC, we've got uh, Teak Money. We're catching up with them this weekend. We've got uh, an NFT conversation happening next week. We've got, I think, Gravidale coming back on in a few weeks' time to discuss uh, something that they coined called Proof of Community, which was a really cool idea. Uh, and there's a few others that are escaping me at the moment because I'm now not at my computer. But um, stay tuned. The updates are in our Terra, in, uh, in our Intel report on Telegram and also our Discord. And so, for everyone that's tuned in today, we thank you for your time and your energy. Until next time, go and be excellent. Skip, guys, you be excellent too, all right? Thanks. Thanks, cheers, everybody. Guys. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yep, cheers. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Dr. Doscoin from Orbital Command chatting with Skip Protocol about osmosis. Recorded on Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focus, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, vision in the middle men. Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion Sitting 
in in a little den vision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how while the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion talk about how while the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion Spaces.